0: Dot com slash lawless Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast presented by State Farm. Um, listen, we got ourselves a, uh, another day of soccer. My good friend David Mossy is joining us. We come to you straight off of the set after a resounding. Uh, exclamation point of a win from Argentina. 3-0 over Croatia. Um, it, it was not in doubt, I don't think, at any time. And ultimately, like we said, this was a comprehensive type of win. Uh, and also a affirmation, if you needed one, about the legendary status, historic status, potential GOAT status of one Lionel Messi. Um, General thoughts before we dive in a little bit.
2: You know what was crazy about this game is I actually thought Croatia had a very good first 20, 25 minutes. I marveled at their ability to hold on to the ball, Mm -hmm. uh, to control the game, not let Argentina get anything going. And then the first time, really, that Argentina uh, broke down the field, it was the penalty play. Alvarez taken down by Livakovic, which I thought was a stone-cold penalty. I can't believe people are actually debating that. Uh, Messi converts by the way what a brilliant penalty by Messi to get it past Livakovic who we know is very good at and then from that point on it just snowballed and Alvarez shortly thereafter scored a bit of a fortuitous uh, goal but nevertheless give him credit for sticking with it and then the second half was just was showtime I mean it's
1: uh... yeah I mean it was at that point I think the game was over I think Croatia recognized that they had done their work in that first 20 minutes it didn't happen and yeah i mean the, the the first goal was a strange one ball over the top straight down the gut nothing crazy or beautiful or cr- creative necessarily about it and then yeah i mean it's a penalty it's a yellow card it's a penalty. I actually, just in a, in a more general sense, I'm glad that it was called a penalty because oftentimes we have seen those where the ball gets by the goalkeeper and they, they give the benefit of the doubt ultimately again to the goalkeepers, even though oftentimes they just clean house as, uh, as happened there with Lovakovic. And so I'm glad that the referee recognized that he could have gotten to the ball had he continued on. It even doesn't matter. The goalkeeper came out, didn't even come anywhere close to the ball, and leveled the player. All right? that's a foul. So, anyway, to your point, Messi steps up and just bangs it. And we had done a whole, you know, uh, whole segment in the pregame about penalties and the mentality and the psyche and the and the, you know, the uh, the approach and the strategy that players have. I mean, he it didn't matter. He could tell Ljubakovic and anybody else where he was going in beforehand. Nobody is saving that thing in terms of where he hit it, and it was right there. You're off to the races. Messi gets another goal, and. In that moment, he becomes uh, the leading scorer for uh, for uh, World Cup uh, of Argentina. So just to rattle off the milestones. All right, here we go.
2: His 11th career World Cup goal, uh, which moved him past Gabriel Batistuta on Argentina's all-time list. He's now their all-time leading scorer in World
1: Cup history. Maradona has eight.
2: Maradona has eight. Messi okay. surpassed him earlier sure. in the How tournament. How many uh,
1: World Cups has uh, Messi played in again? This is his fifth. Just wait, check. Okay, go on.
2: Maradona played in four. We'll, we'll revisit Please. the whole go no, no, thing, no, thing no, because no, no, you, I know you have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> With the assist then to Julian Alvarez in the second half, uh, Messi now up to 20 combined goals and assists in World Cups. That's more than any other player in history. And, oh, by the way, he's now atop the golden boot race at this World Cup because he has five goals, three assists. Mbappe has five goals, two assists. Assists are the first tiebreaker. So this this is turning into, I mean, the conversation we need to start having is Messi 2022 versus Maradona 86. I think I still put Maradona's '86 World Cup ahead of. We'll see what Messi does in the final, but um, I don't know. It's close. It's well, at least a
1: conversation. Better supporting cast now than Maradona had in '86, right? Right? Yes. Would you say? Yeah. Okay. I would. I mean, look. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. All right. So uh, anyway, uh, Alvarez obviously uh, continues on, gets his uh, gets his second <laughs> in what what would have been kind of viewed as a. Um, as a Maradona-esque type of end-to-end goal, if not for you know some fortuitous bounces here or there, which which happens on any goal, even on Maradona's incredible goal, there was still some moments there where the soccer gods smiled on him. But, I mean, this was this was end to end for Alves. He actually blocked the initial cross from the corner. Then it went to Messi. You got a nice little toe poke, and uh, Mo, uh, Marisa do was not happy that Messi was not awarded a assist for the. Little toe poke that then the 70-yard run went in the goal on the other uh, on the other side, but it was a phenomenal goal. And again, this player that has burst on the scene here from a Argentine and international perspective continues on.
2: I think the issue there is once the ball deflects off a Croatia player, it negates the assist. Um, so I'll have to explain that.
1: To oh, but in the in the end there. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I mean, so you're considering it a start of a whole new play in that in those fortuitous right. moments. So either way, uh, it goes in and then. If Messi you know needed any emphasis, he he dribbles the entire Croatian right side or left side of Croatia, right side for Argentina, and then goes around. What is going to be, you know, arguably the best young player of the tournament in Guardiola, and you know, possibly best eleven for the tournament, uh, and certainly potentially it, here in the near future could be considered one of the best defenders in the world. Makes him look like a pylon. Goes this way, that way, spins him, and gets past him with that extra little touch at the point where then the defender can't take him down. Otherwise, it's a penalty. And then another nutmeg pass for an assist to our defenders off. So I mean, it's just.
2: Nuts. Vardy wanted to hide behind that mask. Right. (laughs) But um, no, just on Alvarez. um, I I continue to be so impressed by the job that Lionel Scaloni has done. This is not the same team from the Copa America. I know we're going to link it, but it's actually changed quite a bit. You know, it was Lautaro Martinez up front for that tournament. That's how they started the World Cup. And Lionel Scaloni could have stuck with him, but he saw early on that Lautaro really wasn't bringing it, and so he turns to Julian Alvarez, and it's paid off. He's up to four goals at this tournament. The midfield, too, has had to be um, rebuilt a little bit because they lost Los Celso to injury before the tournament. Uh, Paredes has struggled with fitness issues during this tournament, so Enzo Fernandez and McAllister have emerged. It's now a different three, Rodrigo De Paul being the only holdover from the Copa America. Um, He's at times switched to a back five back there, and so uh, I think Lionel... You yeah, no, Scaloni's done a masterful job. I know we focus so much on Messi, and rightly so, but the pieces around them, I think, have been expertly managed by Scaloni.
1: Uh, so you want to talk about, uh, I mean, do, do you think that Messi has to win uh, this final yeah, I mean, in this, order to be the GOAT? This started
2: during our production meeting uh, this morning. You went there, and everybody else was was angry at you for saying that. Yeah, get in line. And then at, during our post game, we tossed to a Messi uh, post-match interview, and I had in the script, uh, here's... Messi after the match, and Rob Stone changed it to here's the goat right. after the match, right. and that offended you because you feel like that's still an opinion, and Rob Stone was presenting it as if it's a fact. You still well, ride well, for Maradona, Pelé, Cristiano Ronaldo. I have, Pelé, look, I, I have Ronaldo. no
1: problem, well, first off, it is a subjective opinion, as we know, and I have no problem if Rob Stone wants to say he's the goat, but if you're going to come into our world of hot takes and stuff like that, then bring it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go on, but he was reading it in an inter- introduction, so he was injecting his opinion, which he is loath to do. He will be the first person to tell you, okay? I love it. I love when Rob Stone injects his opinion, uh, but you, you can't you can't be straddling that thing and riding both sides when it comes to something like that. And absolutely, I agree that there is an argument, and this is debatable, and this is not ultimately solved, for me, in a subjective type of way.
2: Would you agree at least that if he wins the World Cup, it puts him above Ronaldo? Yes, so then it becomes versus Maradona and Pelé, and you still think there's Exa- a debate to be had I, I can be wooed
1: here, okay? I don't know if you, uh, at, at halftime, I mentioned the fact that I am not a Messi fan, okay? And again, fandom is subjective, okay? I, I, I am a fan of this band, or this food, or this writer, or whatever it ends up being. You know, like, for example, I'm not a fan of Jimi Hendrix, arguably one of the greatest uh, guitar players in history. But, but I'm not a fan of it. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I can't recognize genius. It doesn't mean that I can't recognize beauty in the same way that I can look at Lionel Messi and say he is arguably the best player ever to play the game, and that I can't weep with the beauty that I saw on the field. Okay, but he, I mean, it, it's whatever moves you. And Messi, for whatever reason, and you can say I'm dead inside or I'm a horrible person and plenty have, he does not move me in the way that, for example, a Diego Maradona did. And then, again, it's just it's personal preference.
2: I might have to add that Jimi Hendrix to your pantheon of uh, controversial takes. <laughs> the, the Naked Gun movies weren't funny. Oh, yeah. Sopranos is Horrible. a terrible show. Food in Italy is overrated. There we go.
1: Yep. we're gonna have a nice long yeah, list of look. a nice long, a list of them. But listen, yeah. if if. If, and it's still a big if, because we were here four years ago with Argentina in the final, and I know this is a different team, as you as you have said, and a, we saw a smiling messy here. It was interesting, the juxtaposition between the after the Netherlands game and now after this game, and obviously the game was done and it wasn't even in question. But, you know, that that gritty, dirty type of ruthless messy that we saw screaming and yelling at everybody and, and kind of harnessing that energy and really owning that energy... You know He was all smiles and singing, and everybody was having a good day, and it was kumbaya. And, and, again, we did a bunch of, of stuff on the fans here. The Argentine fans have been absolutely incredible. Your pick for Argent, uh, Argentina to win the World Cup still stands, my friend, so uh, there's still a chance for them to go on.
2: I think they're going to do it, but I just want to be clear about this. Okay. I've never wanted to be wrong about something more in my I know. life. I can't believe I... that you, you think I'm so vain that I would root for them just so my opinion would be right. The, a couple of ago we were talking to the beautiful Tyler, and you said that, oh, Mossy wants Argentina to win it. Listen.
1: That's, we we said um, you know we are coming on air you know Messi uh, not Messi Argentina is kind of like the Ronaldo of teams right where you have as many people that don't want them to win that want them to win and. For all the love for Messi out there, I mean, we were out the other night. We had a couple of days off, and we went out, and Messi, we had a wonderful time out. It was a, As much as I can remember, it was really, really fun, and uh, it was great. Producer Sean was there. All the crew was there. We had a good time, but we were talking to a bunch of people. We were talking to some Brazilians. There were some Chileans there, and it was really interesting to see how there were actually some uh, of, of multiple different nationalities that not only don't like Argentina and Messi, but they were actually rooting for Argentina tonight just so they could lose in the final because they want the maximum amount of sadness and damage inflicted on them.
2: That's playing with fire. I would have been perfectly happy to end this nightmare tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll see. Anyway, we have Argentina and Messi in the final. That is a wonderful thing Uh, from a soccer perspective, certainly from a Fox perspective. We're very, very happy. We will see who they face tomorrow when uh, France and uh, Morocco kickoff. Anything preview-wise you want to mention bef- uh, about that game tomorrow before we get on to the other uh, bit of news here?
2: No, listen, I, I maintain uh, the magic is going to run out for Morocco. I expect it to be France. Um, but, listen, you have to respect a team that's shut out Croatia, Belgium, Spain, and Portugal. So that defense is for real. And so I think they're going to make things tough for France. It-, it might take France a while to break through, but I think one of those Mbappe, Giroud, Uh, then they'll have a moment and then that'll be it
1: well as i said on air they don't have a plan b because we haven't seen it and they haven't needed one and they've been incredible in this plan a that they have i just worry and i have worried about what happens if France comes out and scores in the first 10 minutes. Because then they gotta, then they got to open up, and then it could be problematic for, for a number of different reasons. Just in general, opening up against a team like France is, is deadly and can be really, really a problem. And secondly, that's not how they've played. That's not why they are here. And so they're going to look around and say, well, what do we do now? We have no frame of reference when it comes to something like this. But uh, we will see who ultimately faces Messi and Argentina uh, with the other semifinal game uh, that happens tomorrow. All right. Other big piece of news here, <laughs> and, it, and it does have, to a certain extent, something to do with uh, with the World Cup in that there is still fallout from the U.S. men's national team. Uh, this, this drama, this back-and-forth, this beef now between U.S. men's head coach, still right now, I think he's still the head coach, um, Greg Berhalter, and Gio Reyna. And for those that remember, during the World Cup there was a lot of head-scratching as to why are we not seeing Gio Reyna? And there was a you know a conflict on uh, and, and 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 some confusion as to Greg Berhalter saying that he was hurt and then coming out of the camp that Gio wasn't hurt and this is a young talent has yet to live up to his full potential when it comes to the national team but there was a lot of head scratching and now we come to find out after uh, this tournament Greg Berhalter he's probably on the circuit now talking to different people he went to do some sort of motivational speech, some sort of TED Talkish type of thing, uh, and he thought that it was off the record. Obviously, people that were in there, in however many in that auditorium were, did not think or the actual organizers didn't know, so there was some sort of confusion, and he ended up talking about the dynamic that existed in the locker room. And this is what he said. In the last World Cup, we had a player that was clearly not meeting expectations on and off the field. One of 26 players. So it stood out. As a staff, we sat together for hours deliberating what we were going to do with the players. We were ready to book a plane ticket home. That's how extreme it was. And what it came down to was, we're going to have one more conversation with him. And part of that conversation was how we're going to behave from here on out. There aren't going to be any more infractions. Uh, Okay, so this guy's going to apologize to you as a group, to the whole team. Uh, and what was fantastic in this whole thing is that he apologized. They stood up one by one and said, listen, it hasn't been good enough. You haven't been meeting our expectations as a teammate, and we want to see that change. They really took ownership of that process, and from that day on, there were no issues with this player. I I think what Greg Berhalter was trying to convey was his management style in that he was involving the team he was involving the staff in a what he felt was a serious situation and a problematic situation to the dynamic that he had cultivated and created over the last four years and rather than just be the boss and say gone or not he involved others in this now that's all fine and well but then it became public. That's where the problem is. And Gio Reyna has now come out on his Instagram talking about, I don't like to talk, co- comment on matters, but it's my belief that things that happen in the team setting ought to remain private. That being said, and anybody, anytime, anytime somebody says that being said, you know something's coming. Statements have been made to reflect uh, uh, that reflect on my professionalism and character, so I feel it needs to be uh, make a brief statement. And he didn't really make a statement after that. Just before the World Cup, Berhalter told me that my role at the tournament would be very limited. I was devastated. I am someone who plays with pride and passion. Fashion soccer is my life, and blah, 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 blah. That's all, that's all fine. Talented group. I'm I'm also a very emotional person. I fully acknowledge. I let my emotions get the best of me and affect my training and behavior uh, for the few days after. I mean, look, I can, I can read this. Song. I don't give a crap. Honestly. I. I, I hire Greg Burhalter Don't hire Greg Berhalter. I've told you before that I believe it should be one and done in terms of a cycle. I think it gets stale whether you win the World Cup or you... Are you're the worst team in the, in the World Cup or don't even make the World Cup, it should just be one cycle, and then you hire somebody else. But Greg Berhalter has certainly done enough uh, to warrant continuing on if that's something that you want to do. This situation with Gio Reyna, it's not a good look for Greg Berhalter. It's not a good look for the United States Soccer Federation. But does it hinder his ability to continue to coach the team? No. Okay? There is much more, I guarantee, to this story than we are hearing or that we will probably hear. This is certainly a peek behind the curtain and you're seeing some of the dynamic that exists in these teams. And ultimately, Gio Reyna is a phenomenal player. Or he has the potential to be a phenomenal player. I don't know if he's going to live up to it. I hope that he goes on and stars in 2026. Because that's what people seem to believe is going to happen. He may or may not do it. And you know what? He can star in 2026 even under a Greg Burhalter But I, I don't like... I don't care about this. This does not change the way that I look at Greg Berhalter. It also doesn't change the way that I look at G Arena, and it also doesn't change the way I look at this campaign in terms of giving them ultimately a B plus. Was it was it the best thing I've ever seen? No. Was it the worst thing I've ever seen? Absolutely not. But this theater and this drama and this postscript to the uh, to the World Cup doesn't change my opinion on any of the players, and it doesn't change my opinion on Greg Berhalter.
2: Does it bother you that Eric Winalda is famous again? Well, what happened? He's what really he inserted himself into this story. Have you not followed No, what this? happened? Tell me. Well, he came out early on and, and uh, intimated that he had spoken to the Reyna family and that Gio wasn't hurt and Berhalter was lying, and so then Berhalter refuted that, and uh, then Eric walked it back. But he, he's been sort of in and around this story and, and, and referenced in a lot of articles then, about it. But what's the story, though? <laughs> what's the story? Well... Let's, let's I know you don't care, but let's unpack this a little okay. bit. Um, so evidently, uh, Berhalter went up to Gio Reyna uh, before the start of training and, and told him that he was going to have a limited role the That's uh, what Gio World says. Cup. Yes. Yes, got it. Do you find that to be an odd thing for Berhalter to have said to Gio Reyna?
1: If it's, if it's based on his training, okay? Look, I, 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 I raised my hand at times I was an asshole, okay, at, uh, with the national team, okay? But never on the field. I mean all players sulk and they want you to see that they're not happy and all that kind of stuff but then when you get on the field as a matter of fact when I wasn't starting or there was a there was a problem it actually motivated me to go out there and kick more ass uh, to try to you know cuz I was so angry obviously it, it was the opposite with Gio Reyna, and you know he, there's rumors of him sulking and doing but I don't care I'm have him
2: Okay, so so Berhalter tells him that, and that leads him for the next few days to be kind of out of it and, and sure. talking and, and mailing but it in the train, which uh, which is very damning of Gio, uh, and so and and I think sort of vindicates Berhalter for not having used him more. Uh, so if if it had, the story had ended there, then I think Berhalter would have come out looking right. fine here. Uh, do you have an issue even in a context where he thought it was off the record for him to be talking about this in any kind of public venue?
1: No, no, I mean. What, what what is he tried to protect Geo? I mean, I, I, that's the way that I read it, right? Um, and and ultimately, you want truth, and you want you don't want the, you don't want the facts behind it. Not everybody's going to give you that. And a matter of fact, sometimes you're, they're going to give you the actual opposite in order to protect players going forward. So that's I mean, the way that I see this, that's what happened. Has he broken some trust that's that's irreversible? And uh, and the, you know the players. I mean, by all accounts, the players maybe not all of them, because you always have factions, you always have cliques, you always have different parts of a uh, of a team and, and very strange dynamics that occur. And that's part of managing. That's a huge part of managing, is understanding how to get, get through this. But, you know, if this is a situation where the entire team thought Greg Berhalter was out of his mind for what he was doing, that's, you know, that's a different thing. Not that, Not that the coach shouldn't have the right and Greg Berhalter shouldn't have the right to do whatever the hell he or she wants. That's absolutely the truth. But I just don't get the feeling that the players are that bent out of shape about all this. That they look at it as, oh my gosh, our World Cup was upended because Gio Reyna wasn't on the field or because there was a rift between Gio Reyna and Greg Berhalter because he wasn't training well or something that happened off the field. Like, I don't think that was ultimately the problem. And so I don't think that this is a, a situation that Greg Berholter, if they continue on with him, can't come back and can't be successful and can't have the trust of the players, ultimately. Would he take this back? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, this is not a good look, and he should know better, and his handlers, whoever they are, ought to know better about what's going on here. But in the greater scheme of things, it's kind of benign. I mean, really? This is what we're yelling about now? I mean, go get a... Go get a striker, okay? <laughs> go, go figure out your your substitution patterns. I mean, Gio Reyna is going to continue on. I hope if he stays healthy and be a huge part of this team going forward, with with or without. I don't think this changes.
2: And last last thing on this, and we'll move on. It was interesting to see Dortmund come out in defense of Gio Sebastian Kelle. Well, there's player director. that's there's
1: player that's coming in for criticism. I think. I mean, Gio actually in that BS. Uh, uh, echo chamber that we sometimes use uh, to gauge what is real and what's not, that social media actually probably ends up looking better than Greg Berhalter in this uh, in this moment, if <laughs> if there's a measuring stick right now. And so, yeah, I mean, Dortmund's going to come out and ultimately protect their player because, as Gio said, and rightly so in his Instagram, you know, this is a an assault on his character. That's the way he perceives it, on his character and... You know who he is as a person and a player and he doesn't want that to get out that he's a malcontent or that he has problems and so I think he's protecting himself which is completely fair and right and I think that his team Dortmund is obviously protecting his his image of this obviously talented player and you know maybe maybe it's a completely different situation at a club relative to the uh relative to the national team it'll be interesting to see if Greg Burhalter continues that next camp that comes about is Gio Reyna part of it or if, G- if Greg Berhalter doesn't continue, is it because of this? Was this the moment? And if somebody else comes in, how they view Gio Reyna? I don't know. We'll see. You know, this is... It's fun for us to talk about it, but like I said before, eh, I don't care about it that much. <laughs> do you?
2: Well, nah, it's interesting okay. because I do it's think Gio is the, the most talented U.S. player and it was pretty startling how little he played at the World Cup, so now we're kind of getting a bit of a backstory and yeah i I, I find it interesting and i'm curious to see where this story goes moving forward as far as berhalter and geo and
1: yeah i mean i don't think that this is that there's no way back for greg berhalter if indeed the federation wants to continue with him and that's that's still an if right now uh going forward and who knows uh we should also say um we're back baby when i say we i mean fox announced today fox and Fox alone will be your source when it comes to linear television of Major League Soccer in English. Pretty cool, huh? I guess I get to keep my job. <laughs> hey, you, get, you have your job and no and matter what, man. You're, you're that valuable. Yeah, it was announced today. We are, we are looking forward to it. Uh, we continue with our, uh, with our coverage going forward. And it's going to be fun. I mean, it's La Cosa Nostra. It is our league, and it continues to grow. And it's not perfect, but uh, the fact that we are continuing to be involved is pretty cool.
2: Uh, we might have a left-footed Argentine uh, World Cup winner, and I'm talking, of course, of Tiago
1: Almada. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, anything else, Mossy? Uh, before we it. go, do you want to go to bed?
2: Uh, I do.
1: I, I'm, there's, there's no, I have no timing anymore. I mean, there is no morning or night or any type of thing. Uh, anyway, this has been uh, the State of the Union presented by uh, uh, presented by State Farm. Uh, I have been, and I'm still, and still am Alexi This is my good friend, David Mossy. We appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to the show each and every night. We'll be back here again tomorrow night after the uh, semifinal between France and Morocco, and we'll see ultimately who is playing in that final on Sunday and who is going to uh, face. uh, Who played today again, Mossy? Who was that uh, that just won? Argentina. Argentina. Oh, boy, I'm loopy. I'm loopy. Do you want to do something here? Are you you looking something up here while we're... While I'm finishing up? No? Okay. Uh, Mossy's done. He's Tiago Amata
2: uh, transfer rumor. Let's see if he's still going to
1: be in MLS. Oh, my God. Here we go. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, size the day.